Gotta got them. A crazy podcast about DC. With your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up. Cause you know you about to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy. And listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. Field. Welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 17. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. I'm your co-host from the home state of Jason Voorhees. I am Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on October 14th, 2020. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before I get into the good stuff, I would like to remind our faithful listeners that if you take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, we will send you a special prize pack. Now, let me introduce you to my co-host, the 1992 pumpkin carving champion of Great Neck, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Holzman. Hello there. How Hello, everybody. Thank you. Pumpkin carving champ right here. What was your, uh, what was your was, design? My design? I had a few, actually. There was different browns and different levels, and you had to, you know, you started on the very small pumpkin, and I kind of just made like a little Bugs Bunny face. Okay. And then the mid-sized pumpkin at the time, I was very much into, um, I just started really getting into hip-hop music and everything. So I did a, a Run DMC thing. Okay. So, uh, and then the, the final was a bigger pumpkin, and then I did the Death Star. Okay, so what is your uh, just by weight? What is the biggest pumpkin you've ever carved? Uh, not that big. I want to say like twenty pounds. That's a big pumpkin. That's a oh. big pumpkin. It's not that big. <laughs> but yeah, you know this. This is another just another uh, part of my history that I've been reminded of by Pete going back into the annals of my life and just trying to find. Uh, the things I don't talk about because I'm a pretty humble guy. I don't like bragging about these these feats. So. You are Long Island's champion. <laughs> so how are you, Pete? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited for our. I, I, if this was a comic book, this would be our DC supersized Halloween spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. And there's we have a guest today. Yes, we do. We? Yes, we do. Why don't you introduce our our, uh, our I guess he's a newcomer to the Go- Straight Out of Gotham podcast. First time, he long is. time. <laughs> yes, first time here. So he is the co-host of the DC Squadcast and the Horror Comics Podcast. He is a singer. He is a bassist, an all-around renaissance man. Mr. Chris Rimmer. Chris, hello, sir. Hey, hey, man. Uh, that was quite the quite the intro. I, jack of all trades, master of zero. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I do what I can, uh, and I do a lot of it, and- a very uh, mediocre way. So I appreciate you guys having me. Well, on. we're happy to have you here. You know, if you're going to be mediocre, there's two guys who love mediocre, and that's me. And yes. Eric. Hey, we do. <laughs> go. We excel at it. <laughs> yes, we understand that little mediocreness, and we're just, you know, we we can we can we vibe with you on that. So awesome. But no, man, I'm gonna. I have to look listen to your music, man. I want to do that. I want to take a listen to your music. Um, I'm a big music guy myself. Awesome. Sing a little, sing a little bit myself. So, oh, cool. yeah. So I, I'd love to listen to some of your stuff. So we'll, I'm just I'm thinking of things that Eric has done in my mind that I can do for <laughs> podcast intros now. Now that I know that you are a, a singer. Oh, you knew that. You I didn't know that. I, I knew you were a swimmer. I didn't know you were a singer. Oh, <laughs> I thought you knew that. I, I do now. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a couple of clips on my on Facebook page. Then when I did my old show, I used to do a show, a live show every week called. Um, first, it was called Schadenfreude. Then it became Man Up. But when I did the first one, uh, every once in a while, I, to end the show, I would sing something. So if you look, if you want to find it, I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is. But if you want to find it, Pete, <laughs> you could search and you'll find it somewhere on my page. I can't think page. of a song that you have written better than our our uh, Straight Outta Gotham intro. So that's Grammy worthy in itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like I, we've bars. talked about this before, though. Yeah, it's it's a quick eight, I think, or. Or twelve. I don't know how many bars it is, but it's it's a quick. It's just I ripped off Ice Cube and just <laughs> just changed some words around, and and that's what we have. So, but I, I, I mean, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like it seems like that's what white, white rappers do well. They they're off, they're off other, definitely uh, where you want to be. Vanilla Ice, you know, whatever he calls himself today. I, I don't know. Uh, Rob Van Winkle is that his name? Rob I think that is his name. Yeah. Yep. Someone who Suge Knight apparently held over the railings and <laughs> man, I don't know why we're going here. Totally <laughs> on a, off on a tangent. But so yes, folks, we are here. This is our October horror. We're gonna do a covering horror movies today. Uh kind of just an open forum. Uh I mean I'm I believe I'm the oldest one of the three of us. Uh, I, I believe you are, yes, yes. Okay. By like oh. forty years. <laughs> well, hold on. If we're gonna go there, what what are our ages? I'm I'm thirty three. I'll be thirty four in April. I I'm thirty five right now. Okay. And I'll be forty four a month from today. Exactly. Nice man. Yes. So there are certain movies that I got to watch as a kid that you guys probably didn't watch until you were obviously oh, a little yeah. bit later. Right, yeah. so original movies that I got to see, and yeah, some of them I saw at a way too young an age. Like I remember seeing Poltergeist. Uh, oh boy, I, I was probably like five or six first <laughs> time I saw it. Uh, my sister, I, I have a lot of sisters, and they they could they were a little rough at times with certain movies that things they allowed me to watch. Well, and not that, that they were rough; it's just they wanted to see it, and exactly. you were around, so nothing right. was stopping them. Right. And, and it was back at the time where there was like one TV in the house. We didn't have multiple televisions. So whatever they wanted to watch when my parents were out because they would be babysitting me. So whatever they wanted to watch, I got stuck watching. And Poltergeist was one of those films. Oh, man. And I, I recently watched it. Uh, I think this last week, I, I usually try to watch a horror movie a night. Mm-hmm. And I watched Poltergeist recently. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you the last time I saw it. But like, I was just like, wow, this movie's incredible. <laughs> it really is. It's so, it's so simple yet so amazing, and it's really great. Yeah, think of what it did for TVs. <laughs> oh my god! god. <laughs> I love the ending of that movie when the dad they get to the hotel after it's all done, and he just brings the TV out in the rain and puts it on the on the motel yep. deck. <laughs> I was yep. like, that's so funny. I was like, I was like, you can't do that with TVs anymore because everybody mounts them on the on the wall. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they become part of the structure of your home. Yeah. pretty quickly. That's the one where they, uh, it, and I haven't seen this movie in years. Uh, a lot of it is like, I guess like photographic in my brain, mm-hmm. but like I, I haven't actually seen it in a long time. So there's a scene, right? Where the guy goes to the fridge to get something to eat and like he yes. looks down and it's like the maggots. And then he goes yes. to the mirror and like his face starts ripping up, like he starts mm-hmm. ripping his face apart. Mm-hmm. That like, that troubled me. Uh, yeah. 
it troubled me uh, deeply when I, oh, I <laughs> the first time I saw it. And I don't know if it was the maggots or the face ripping apart, but uh, I mean, talk about an effective movie. That movie is uh, it's crazy, man. It's really it, good. It's nuts, and it's so Spielberg. And uh, because I, I was first time I watched it in a long time, and I'm, I'm reading up on it, like there's a whole controversy on who actually directed the movie. You know, was it the guy who directed T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Or was it Spielberg? Because at the time, like Spielberg wasn't allowed to direct another movie by another production company while he was while he was making ET. But somehow, like people would say, like he found a way to kind of sneak on set and and kind of like, set up shots for Poltergeist. And it's just and you watch that movie and you're like, wow, this this looks like ET. You know, just so is it is it credited to Toby Hooper? He's the credited director. Like, yeah. Why did like, I not know that? That's crazy. Oh, it's, I didn't either. So, I, like I said, like you know, Wikipedia is great. Like when the credits are rolling as you're jamming out to the the theme songs or whatever. <laughs> but you're, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting because you think that the um, the the guy Toby, you think he would be a good suitable director. Like Texas Chainsaw is yeah. in itself a fantastic horror movie, and uh, it's just weird. I don't know if it was just a thing where Spielberg was like, oh, no, this is what I need you to do just so I can do this or what. But it's an interesting little side controversy to the film. Yeah, I could see that being like like a meeting of minds of like, hey, this would be a really cool movie to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like it gets a certain ways through development and they're like, oh, wait, oh, I can't. I forgot about this contract thing. I can't do it. So. You just direct it, but it's still equal, equal parts, both creatives. You yeah. Know? It has, a, like I said, a lot of Spielberg influences. Like you yeah. see it and there's just a lot of those stip, uh, typical Spielberg shots and you're like, wow, okay. Yeah, like, for sure. Oh, I get this. And uh, I love Texas Chainsaw myself. So when I read that, I was kind of surprised because that movie is scary. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a crazy movie. <laughs> yeah. That one for me was always, it was less like scary and more just like, I mean, it is scary. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I agree. But like, it was always more this feeling of like mm-hmm. I, I, tension or something. There's yeah. something that's so uncomfortable about that movie, the original, yeah. that is, again, so effective uh, to this day, man. It, to me, it holds up like it's just uncomfortable the entire mm-hmm. time. And then when Leatherface first comes out and like yeah. slams the thing back, and it's just like. I, that's when it gets scary. But other than that, the whole time you're kind of just like on the edge of your seat, like something is about to happen or is mm-hmm. it not, you know, it, it's great in that aspect. For me, like specifically that movie, it all starts when the guy's like cutting his hand in the van. Oh yeah. You know? Cause then you're like this, that one scene sets the entire tone of the film and it just, it builds on that uneasy tension that you mentioned. And you're just like on the edge of your seat, just wondering. And then, the way that movie ends with him just flaring that that chainsaw around like as crazy as that is and the girl just covered in blood in that stranger's pickup truck i mean that's one of the greatest horror endings of all time and uh, i believe the guy who played letterface he was actually like that's like an active chainsaw that's not fake like so he could oh, cut man. his legs off there Gunnar hansen that's who played Lewis. okay he did fantastic job um, who, who but, was uh, it again Gunnar hansen okay yeah but uh, Chris, do you have any like horror movie traditions that you do like this during Halloween season? Like, or is there something that you specifically watch? Like, what what do you get into? Uh, I'm I'm I was raised on the Universal monsters, like those yeah. classic movies. That's mm-hmm. that's generally my go to. But I love the first um, the first two Halloween movies, and I love the third Halloween movie movie too i just think it should have been just called season of the witch and not halloween three but i get what they were trying to do at the time Uh, but like uh that's kind of my go-to 
for sure. I mean, it's a plethora of different, you know, uh, movies there, but it's kind of grown over the years of kind of what I want to try to get back to it. It's harder now with, you know, when you start having kids and it's just like, okay, I do want to watch this movie and the kids asleep, but also I kind of just want to go to sleep too. But, uh, man, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. The movies that have started to come up like, uh, uh, I mean, the different series, like, you know, they have, you have the conjuring, which turned into a whole universe and you can, uh, uh, cabin in the woods is one Mm -hmm. that I like heard about. And then it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And it was like shelved. And then it finally was like coming out in theaters, like briefly. And I, I got to catch it. Uh, surprisingly enough, it came out in my hometown and I got to watch it and I was like, this movie is brilliant to me. Like, I don't understand what the problem was, but like, uh, it's such a fun play on the genre and it's done in a very clever way. And that's, that's part of the routine for sure. That's always one that's like, if I have a friend, it's like, I've never seen that. I'm like, okay, well, we're watching it now. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I never get into like spoof movies like that. And that's kind of what that is, but it takes itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah. But like you said, it's executed so well that you're like, I remember just like, oh my God, this is just an insane roller coaster ride. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It it is like a spoof, but it's not, it like doesn't treat itself like it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the story of the movie is that like, well, all, all of these, all of these, uh, different genres are a real thing that happen and it's all done for this purpose. And they're like, the blood goes to the dark gods or whatever, you yeah. know, the old gods and stuff like that that are being fed. And it's just like, you know, and spoiler alert for anybody, sorry, but like Sigourney Weaver popping up in like the pantsuit at the end being like, to explain that while they're covered in blood and trying to smoke a joint, it's like, I, this is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, that that one has definitely made uh, my just like solid. It will always be like, I don't want to say top five. It's I'm going to bite myself saying that. But like, you know, it's it's one of the top movies that's like, not necessarily scary, but it's for sure a horror movie. Yeah. Well, it's like today I watched Kronos for the first time. And uh, while that's not really like a, a scary movie, it's got like these horror elements, but it's, there's a lot of heart in that movie. You know, it's, it seems like it's very family oriented. It, it, that's kind of what happens at the end. It's all about like family coming together and mourning loss. But it's, I, it was like, I was kind of blown away by it and just find out like Del Toro wrote and direct that. And it's like one of his first ever movies and everything. And it's, it's kind of, it's, and to see Ron Perlman with hair and young, it's just, it's mind boggling to me, but it, it, it was like I said, so heartfelt that I was like, wow, this is like, I don't, I'm going to compare it to like warm bodies, but it's not like funny, but it's, it's like, it's a horror movie without like the jump scares and everything, you know? Okay. I've never so heard of that. Interesting. You said oh, Kronos? Was it yeah. It's uh it's yeah. a Del Toro movie. It's really good. Um, nice. it, uh, it, it's, it's like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, I mean, you got, it's also a lot of the movies in Spanish, like Ron Perlman's one of the few characters who speaks English and Spanish. So like, if you don't, if you have issues with subtitles, it's probably not the movie for you. But okay. it's really it's really worth checking out because I mean Del yeah. Toro was just I mean uh, he, he made Blade too like the, the perfect combination of like action and horror yeah you know? mm-hmm. like he's yeah. just the master of the genre um, even like Pan's Labyrinth at times could be like oh, a horror movie you know dude. oh my god talk about a movie that will just rip your heart out like yeah. Pan's Labyrinth my god mm-hmm. um, as far as horror movies go um, too I guess just adding on to that hold on I just had something and I just lost it. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> he said, uh, Del Toro. I was like, what? It triggered something. Uh, oh, um, 
it's not Del Toro. I don't know why it triggered this. Peter Jackson. They kind of look like they kind of look similar. Maybe that's what yeah, I mean. just uh, smart, but, smart, smart, fat guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very, really, really fantastic artists that yeah look good. Uh, but like uh, Dead Alive by Peter Jackson is okay. is a it is a classic. It is a cult classic for sure. But it is just. I mean, I think it's probably still. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, there, I can't think of anything that tops it. It's still the most violent, gory horror movie that is also like kind of a comedy slash slash romantic. Really? <laughs> okay, I've, never, I've never heard but of it. it. Is, check it out. It is. I'm telling you, if you yeah. can think of anything gory that could happen to a human, it happens in that movie uh, and then goes crazier than that. It's nuts, uh, but it's fantastic. And it's just I mean, it's just. It's crazy, so get ready uh but that one's fantastic and uh peter jackson's early stuff is all pretty crazy like yeah he's not the guy who wrote who did lord of the rings right <laughs> you know? yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a different different peter jackson than we know right well, even yeah, yeah. even most films like you know the mm-hmm. orcs and stuff like there's elements of scariness oh, yeah and, yeah in lord of the rings sauron and you have all of the that there so it's cool when we like we have a lot of that now, right? We have a lot of directors who started in horror who've moved on yep. to other things. You know, like yep. you have James Wan doing Aquaman. Yep. You know, and then you had um Sandberg doing Shazam and you have, mm-hmm. you know, these guys who were horror guys who came over and crossed over and did are doing now more mainstream superhero movies. Uh and then and then Aquaman we got the trench, right? So yeah, yeah. You know, which you might have, be a horror movie in itself. Yeah. yeah. And supposedly there's gonna be a spinoff of some kind, at least they're developing a spinoff. That's about the trench. That's like a horror movie. I'm yeah. like, dude, give me that all day. Like, Oh yeah. I, I, know, there was, I remember cool. that caught a lot of backlash and I'm like, why aren't you guys like embracing this? Like you remember like a time when we literally just had like Superman 78 and the four Batman movies. Like, <laughs> like now they're embracing just comic books as a whole, but um, yeah. piggybacking like off what you said earlier, like Sandberg, I mean, lights out and Annabelle creation are two fantastic horror movies. I love I love Lights Out. It's what it's probably since it came out. It's it's been like I watch it often, not just during Halloween season, but it's it's just such a great movie. Again, like I think, and man, like horror movies when they connect with family and they bring that element to it, and which Lights Out does, and like Poltergeist does, and there's always like a family in peril, and they have to kind of like you know overcome this obstacle, like spiritually or. I don't know, uh, uh, ectoplasmically, if that's even a word, but (laughs) (laughs) like it's, it's, it really works well when those guys do it, you know? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Going back to the, I think it's the first conjuring, right? Where you have, um, the family, uh, is it, uh, what's the guy's name? Peter, the guy, is it the guy from office? Who am I thinking of? Is it not him? The guy from office space? That's the dad. Or is it the guy from Friday night lights? The coach? That's oh my god! It's gonna drive me nuts now. I gotta figure it out. I'm googling it. I'm googling it. Was the one it. where the mom, Francis? Uh, uh, no, it's not Francis McDormand. It's it's somebody. oh, it's Jennifer Formiga, right? And well, it's no, no. yeah, but I'm thinking the mom yeah. like gets possessed right. at the end. She's like yeah, under the yeah. house, and it's but there's they treat it differently because like the dad isn't like oh, it's just the wind, it's just the whatever. It's one of those Conjuring movies where like the family is clearly freaked out. Things are happening. He's like, okay, like let's look into it. And it's, it doesn't divide the family up of like, it, it maintains that element of like, okay, like, I don't know if I believe you, but let's see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And, and it does, they all have to get wrapped up in it and like, believe it. And then again, the mom gets possessed at the end and they have Mm -hmm. to like sort of connect to to get her out of that. And I just thought it was like awesome because I was like, 
this is not the way these movies usually go. It's usually like the dad's like, whatever, like, I got to get out of here. You guys are insane. And then it's just from there on out that fight. And it's just this cliche thing. Um, I think it was the first conjuring, man. It there's so the many of those conjuring. now. Yes, it was. It yeah. was. And, and Ron Livingston is the actor you're talking Ron, about. Yes. That's it. Ron Livingston. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I just thought that was cool. I, it was a cool aspect to sort of, I don't know, separate itself from your general family drama that they try to inject in those movies. Yeah. You know? I, and I thought it was cool. And it's cool because like, you know, in the eighties, it seems like we got like two to three slasher movies every year. Like there was a point where like there was a Friday the 13th basically every year and uh nightmare on Elm street happened like every two years or something like that. But like these yeah. conjuring movies, they're, they're way more spiritual, this whole conjuring universe. And to have the, the, the Warrens as like the connective tissue throughout all of them, like spanning like, uh, the, the Annabelle's in all these movies too, you know, the, the yeah. nun's been in a couple of them and it's just, it's cool how the, it, it, it's, it's probably the second best cinematic universe to date right now. Like, let's be honest, like MCU is obviously number one, but like the conjuring is so cohesive. It, it It's crazy with, especially with all the spinoffs and everything they've done. Yeah. I haven't seen all of them. Um, unfortunately I like, I've seen the lights out short, but I haven't seen the actual movie. Oh, and lights I don't think so I've good, seen, man. uh, um, his uh, Annabelle movie either. Um, oh, it's great. You got to uh, watch David it. Sandberg. Uh, yeah, no, you'll love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, the third Annabelle is good too. And that's kind of, and it's about like the Warren's daughter and she's the baby, she's babysitting and like the babysitter messes it up. And, you know, and that's when Annabelle gets loose. But like, I love Annabelle. Like <laughs> ever since I saw her in the first conjuring yeah. I yeah, in yeah, love yeah. with that stupid doll. And it's like, it's funny because like I'll mention it and my mom like shivers. She's like, I, I can't yeah. deal with it. Like, I, yeah. I, I was like, are you serious? I, like this doll? And my mom's like a old school fangirl. Like Universal Monsters loves them. Like Frankenstein is like everything to her. So yeah, it's funny. I, see, I think Annabelle Creation is like the second one, right? Of the, the second third, Annabelle. Uh, yeah, that's the second one. Annabelle Comes Home, I believe, is the third one. That's the okay. Title. See, I think the problem was I think I saw the first Annabelle movie and I was like, eh, okay. I just didn't like it that much. And so I kind of wrote off the other one, but then I started hearing all this positive feedback about Mm -hmm. the second one. I was like, no, no, no. Like you need to see the second one. I just never got around to it. So I need to, I need to catch up on that for sure. Yeah. That was kind of like the paranormal activity uh, series for me. I forget which one I didn't. I think it was the third one with the twin girls. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I've seen them all. I just don't remember the order necessarily. And this was the one with the twin girls um, in the farmhouse. God, I'm forgetting. I just remember I saw it in the theater and I don't scare easy. I'm one of those people who takes a lot to really scare, but everyone in the theater was getting scared. So that made me get scared. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. And, um, I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience at the movie theater to go watch because people were legitimately scared and screaming. And I was sitting there like, wow. And I'm sitting there I'm like, why am I not more scared? I feel like something's wrong with me. Like maybe I'm agreeing with what they're doing on the screen subconsciously. And I'm like, what's going on? But no, but like even with that series, um, it's just it's like a different kind. All the ones that kind of deal with a real life in a way are put in that real life scope because mm-hmm. like even the conjuring, those two people are real people. Yeah, the you warns. Know? The warns are real. So like even when it pulls you in and there's like real elements in it and it's to me it, that those are the ones that kind of make me more scared. Uh yeah. Because we're inspired by true events, you know, like, don't get me wrong, uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, like, I love them. I love a great slasher's flick, like, there's nothing better. But when something's kind of inspired by true events and, like, something like the Warren's Adventures or, like, 
their their daughter now picked up where they are and she has like i don't know for lack of a better term a crew of ghostbusters that goes around and they they solve these paranormal uh, incidents and yeah. it's cool because you're like oh man like this is some this is actually somebody's story like that annabelle story is you know i guess true <laughs> so yeah. it's crazy yeah. yeah and you 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 started to say something pete about like uh it digs into their spirituality which that's something that again kind of sets it apart because the warrens were uh, they were professed Christians, Catholic, I believe. Yeah. I, I could be wrong yeah. on that, but yeah. I know that they were. They had a, a very strong faith, and I was actually kind of surprised that that made it into the movie. Like, but it actually becomes a part of it, and it's not like what everything hinges on necessarily. But yeah, but it's, it's a like a driving. known thing that like that's kind of where they're uh, where they're facing everything from, mm-hmm. and you know their part of the story always kind of has a more sort of hopeful vibe about it yeah even though i guess there are really scary parts of the movies and uh you know there's usually some kind of an ending that's like but there's more maybe is there? yeah and, and then, like but it still stuff. has this kind of hopeful vibe around at least the two of them you know mm-hmm. uh and there i think their chemistry is really good patrick wilson dude I, and, and Vera for me like the patrick wilson i i've become a huge fan of um, in the last handful of years, just like seeing more of him and different things. I'm like, that dude just is solid. Uh, and I haven't seen a lot of Vera Farmiga, but at least in the conjuring is what I've know her mostly from. And she's and Bates motel, but she's great too. So like they work really well together. They yeah. kind of sell that relationship. I think just, they're just great actors. I mean, you know, like that's it. If you get good actors, um, they could sell anything. And like, it's funny. Cause like you talked about Eric, when you were seeing paranormal activity, and how the crowd was like into it. Uh, the worst two theater experiences I ever had for horror movies was House of the Dead when I was in high school because it was just oh based on the video game. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen oh, yeah. that one? Oh, oh yeah. it's horrible. Bowl. Yeah. And, and then The Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man was the most like not scary thing. It, it had one good jump scare in the whole movie, but it's so ridiculous. I don't know if either of you have seen it. It came out like two three years ago. Yet. I um, remember the the commercial for it. Yeah, oh, I dude. The trailer, I, yeah, I took I my buddy to see this. My buddy George and I. He's like, he's like, so is this movie any good? I was like, chances are this movie is going to be absolutely horrible. But I want to go see a horror movie. <laughs> this is the only thing that's out there, so we're going to go do it. And when they when they got to that one jump scare, he looked at me, and goes, "They got you." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, they, did. they got one." So <laughs> that's pretty good. But um, going back to like what you were saying about like spirit, what we were saying about spirituality and stuff like. I love kind of like religious horror movies, like the exorcist. Um, that stuff really gets me even like the nun, even though it's not the best, like I think it's really cool. And even like the curse of La, Lo- I, I'm going to butcher this, but La Lorna, Lorena, I, La Lorena, yeah, I got La it. They're probably not the best co- movies in the conjuring universe, but I, I get into that aspect of it. But like, it's such a, it's such a vast universe that I love everything that the conjuring does to be honest with you. I haven't seen either one of those, unfortunately. Um, I thought the nun was which one does she show up in like as like a little cameo, conjuring right? two she shows yep. up yeah. Conjuring two. yeah i mean it's it's a terrifying looking character i just didn't know it was one of those things where i'm like okay like i like this idea of like digging into these ghosts that you've introduced mm-hmm. uh, as like brief kind of scares that's a great idea how is this gonna go digging into those you know i i just didn't I don't know. I just didn't know. And unfortunately, I, I used to go just regardless of any kind of chatter I'm getting about the movies. It's just like, oh, it's a yeah. horror movie. I'm going to go to the theaters and watch it. Yeah. 100%. Uh, those days are gone, unfortunately, and they have been for about three and a half years now. And, uh, you know, and that's fine. Uh, but like, it's just one of those things. So now I just kind of miss out on these things. I'm like, well, 
I don't have my initial gut reaction of just seeing it regardless, you know, yeah. uh, in the theater and that experience. But I'll tell you what, man, yeah, at least around these parts uh, in the South, it's like people. So like, okay, paranormal activity is a great example because like these theaters will be slam packed and for legitimately scary movies, unfortunately you have a lot of like teenage boys that are like on dates with girls that mm-hmm. are like they don't want to like let it be known that they're scared and they also don't want to be impacted by the jump scare and so like the amount of just noise that is going on like trying to distract themselves you know what i mean <laughs> if that um, makes sense like it was it was always a it was one of those things where i was like i'm never seeing horror movies in the theaters again because like it's just when i just learned i had to go see them during the day but like they just will start making these i don't even know how to explain it like lead okay so like in uh paranormal activity something scary scary clearly is about to happen okay so the kid sitting next to me and like his date uh, and he's like it's a tense moment and he's like stomping his feet on the floor and he's like making some kind of like doom, doom. he's like fidgeting yeah he's like trying to like be funny and it's just like dude shut up like yeah it's it's okay to have the jump scare that literally everyone else in the theater is going to experience like you're not cool because you didn't get it like at, anyway so put like 20 of those guys in the same theater and it's just like i can't go to the movies anymore it's ruined for me and that's <laughs> so, a bummer because you know the whole like experience and atmosphere of being scared in a theater mm-hmm. like it, 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 there's not many other things that can kind of really compare to that you know it, it's like going uh, to like, an amusement one. park and not going on a roller coaster you know Right. Yeah. Like I, I go there Oof. to be scared. I mean, like when I have, have either you've seen the Babadook. Yes. Like I, well, I, not I in theaters, but I saw it. Yeah. I saw it in my house and I get, I, I jump scare, you know, like, and it's like, it's great. It's such a great movie and it's so creepy. And like, I, I love it when they do it. Cause I'm like, Oh man, you guys know what you're doing. I love just directors who know how to scare you. And it's yeah. just, it's good. Uh, Cause I feel like the genre has been so rejuvenated within like the last five years, you know, it went through like a dead period. And I feel like, Almost, oh man! It, it, I feel like it slowly started with Saw, and then we started getting all these great horror movies from like New Line. Yeah. Well, now we have. I mean, now you have like socially conscious horror, right? You have Jordan Peele's movies. You have Us, Get Out. Oh my God, that movie! I mean, you know, like those kinds of movies are horror movies, yes, with a larger meaning to them, and it's yeah. just something you really dissect later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you're right, Pete. Like, this is it's come a the genre's come a very long way from where it started. And it's someone like Jordan Peele, I didn't expect him to make that movie. Like, right. I think of him as a comedian. Yeah. So when he comes out with uh, Get Out, you're like, wow. Like, I didn't yeah. know you had it in you. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, because when I when I see Jordan, when I see him, like, I'm I I see that Obama sketch like the college thing where he's yeah. like mm-hmm. righteous but like that whole thing and it's just the, one of the funniest things in comedy in my opinion to exist is that bit mm-hmm. of like going back to his frat days and it's just it's brilliant and so to go from that to get out and us is just like but it's the same guy like yeah. <laughs> that's crazy well, dude, man Kenny that's Powers awesome. made the 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 reboot of Halloween not the reboot but like the sequel to Halloween yeah and yeah. you're like yep. Kenny McBride did this. No yeah. way. Like, right. that's insane. I can't believe he had this in him. Like, I, I envision yeah. him as like this drunk softball player hitting on April. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and God. Paul, was it Paul Halloween Greengrass that directed too? Yeah. That, yeah. It's a crazy team. Um, that, that movie, I, dude, it's weird for me, man. It's as much as I love Halloween, that one just like, 
I think in retrospect, I need to go watch it again because the more I talk about it, I'm like, you know what? I did like this thing. But for some reason, that movie aggravated the hell out of me. Really? I loved it. And like, I maybe I was like one of those things like, was it supposed to like, I think my problem was like, it was built up of, I loved the idea of like, okay, it's all these years later. We're kind of retconning a lot of this history. Awesome. I'm on board. Laurie Strode is kind of crazy, but she's like the crazy prepper and she's ready every Halloween. And this Halloween, he comes back and the difference is, yeah, he's going to have a killing spree, but she's hunting him down now. But it just didn't really play like that. And that's kind of how it was hyped up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to a certain, I say that, that's, that's not correct. It did kind of play like that in a certain way, but not, I guess, the way it's to me. And that's on me, I know, my opinion. I'm thinking she's going to the streets. Like, I'm hunting this mf or down, and yeah. it's game over, baby. But like, it, it just, when they got to the house, it just kind of turned into your cliche horror tropes of like, but we should stick together, but you all stay here. I'm going to go around the house yeah, yeah. or I'm going to go outside and talk to the cops. And, you know, it's just, it turned into the same annoying tropes when I'm thinking she's about to be a badass. Mm-hmm. And there are certain moments where she is like when in the thing that it drove me nuts where she's like, I'm going to go around the house and look in every room. I'm like, are you kidding me? But <laughs> you, but then you get to see these awesome traps. She's like, okay, this room's clear. Boom. Bars down. Yeah, this room's yeah. clear. Boom. Bars down. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Uh, so there are really cool elements, but like there were just certain things that I was just like, eh, come on. Yeah, uh, but I, I feel you. I, but to be fair, though, I watched it one time and I feel like if I watched it again, I'd probably be like, OK, especially seeing the trailer for the next one where I was like, OK, yeah, that's if if you're going to make it to where the dude somehow escaped the yeah. fire, the trailer for the second one. Is it uh, Halloween Kills? Is that yes. The, yes. It, yep. it 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 kind of gives you the idea of like they're escaping and then like you see the fire trucks going and she's mm-hmm. like, no, stop. And I'm like, okay, well that's kind of all I needed to say that ending. So you've done it. I just need to wait till the trilogy's over until I judge it. But and rumor is like that movie is absolutely insane and way better than the first one. Like everyone, yeah. from, you know, what you hear is crazy. Yeah. The only issue is the brutality had, in the first oh. one, the brutality in the first one, I was like, it, it made me feel weird. Yeah. You know, like the couple in the bathroom, I was mm-hmm. just like, I, especially since I had a kid and like, you know, being married, I, those types of situations I can't take myself out of. Like, I right. feel like I'm in it and it just makes my stomach sink. And like, that's an effective horror movie. Oh, so yeah. as much as I can complain about it, I'm like, it's effective, dude. <laughs> my only issues with that are like, I really like Halloween 2 and H2O. You know, like I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's cool because like I guess that like you know we're comic book guys, so like timelines and multiverses is nothing new. We're like, okay, cool, yeah. like we get this. Yeah. Like, but for like you know those idiots in the general audience, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, what is this? Like, so yeah. wait, Batman yeah. begins the prequel to '89. It's like, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> you know, you know what oh, I'm talking yeah. about. So it's great, but like, I mean, Rob's, I mean, what Halloween Resurrection and Rob Zombie's Halloween Two are like god awful. So it's weird. And I liked Rob Zombie's Halloween one. Like I know what he was doing and McDowell was great. And like, I didn't mind the whole digging into Michael Myers history. Cause guess what? Like we never saw it before. So like I was down for it, but like, I remember I watched it with uh, my buddy Andy and we're watching like the first 10 minutes of Rob Zombie's Halloween two. And we're like, Oh, this is cool. This is like the real Halloween two. You know, there she's in the hospital yeah. and she's trying to get away. And then all of a sudden she wakes up from this nightmare and there's uh Sherry moon zombie and a white unicorn. Michael's got this like, you know, brawny man beard and he never wears the mask. So it's like, what is this? <laughs> uh, I'm with you on Halloween one. 
Uh, I didn't love it, but I was like, okay, this is like, I get, okay, this is the Rob Zombie yeah. version. Yeah, like I was uh, down for it, yeah. Halloween 2, like, I've, I've, I've never left a theater that angry before, and I saw Battlefield Earth in theaters. Uh, I've never left a movie that angry, and I went back and like went to my house and like my roommates. Everybody's like, there's like a party going on, and like everyone's drinking, having a great time, and here I come, like bringing the mood down. They're like, "Dude, how was Halloween?" I was like, "That's the worst thing. That was awful." I'm and like, I, I'm sure I annoyed everyone because I ran people off. I was just like so angry about how that movie went i was just like this is ridiculous and like it was funny because there was like an interview with rob zombie about like how they were trying to get him the second one and he didn't want to do it and they're like okay That's well we're gonna get so and so to do it he's like and he's like no i'll do it i don't want anybody to like ruin i don't want anybody to ruin my movie but me or something like yeah, that and i'll I do like, it myself well, yeah it was something like the quote was like that i might be twisting it or getting it wrong i don't know but like he said something along the lines of like nobody's gonna ruin my movie except for me i was like well you did it Good job, buddy. That's so funny. Uh, I mean, nothing will beat like Busta Rhymes round, <laughs> roundhouse kicking Michael yeah. Myers. I'll be honest with you. I'll take that over Rob Zombie's oh, Halloween. I, I think I have to agree with you because at least in essence, it's still Halloween. It's still Michael Myers, right? Like, yeah. And it, it, and you can at least laugh was and have trying a good to be time. creative. Yeah. I mean, it was trying to be creative with like, you know, being like a, a kind of like a big brother-esque type thing. Like that was when, when like those reality shows were huge and everything. So like I got the angle what they were doing. It just, it just wasn't executed well. And oh. even though they killed Lori in the beginning of that movie too, you know, right. like it, it kind of felt like there was some, some sort of closure there, but I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, but, and I'll, I'll take Jason goes to Manhattan over that. Both of them though. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you, about Fre- what do you guys think about Freddie versus Jason? I, I like Freddy vs. Jason. I don't hate it. Yeah. It's not the best Friday movie. It's not the it's not the best Elm Street movie, but I think it's actually a really good mixture of the two, to be brutally yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's it's one of those movies that it's it's just the coolness factor of seeing them both off the screen together. Uh that's one of the, oh, that's yeah. what you know, like one of those things like wow, these you know, these two hot icons that they're in one movie. Yeah, it's not the best movie, but it's fun for me. Like it's oh, weird yeah. you're saying that it's fun because it's a horror movie, but it is. It's it's a fun movie for me to watch. Oh, that's so. it, yeah, I agree completely. It is it is just sheer fun. Like I don't think it's meant to really even really be scary. You know what I mean? It the There's whole thing seems very tongue in cheek. It yep. knows exactly what it is. Uh the acting follows suit. And, uh, but it's, it's a great time. I mean, I went, um, I kind of did a retrospective, uh, just overall horror talk with my buddy, Eric from legendary geek outs. And, uh, it's on the horror comics podcast and we get into that and we kind of just dive into like this movie that it's like, it's not forgotten, but it's, it's not like a classic necessarily, but if you bring it up, people are like, Oh yeah, that was like a fun movie. And the soundtrack was awesome. It was like a bunch of heavy metal and stuff. Yeah, and it was just yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. at the time it was like bands that everybody knew if you listened to like heavy music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just a cool mashing up of like two different horror icons plus the soundtrack and everything. And it was like a fun movie to experience, like regardless of acting and all that stuff. It's like, like you said, you're seeing them on screen, but it's also gory and there's like a body count mm-hmm. and like some like crazy kills and whatnot. And they somehow managed to make that like just this kind of a fun tongue in cheek movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I can never. And again, I had I rewatched it recently and was like, this holds up the same way that I saw it in theaters like it still holds up that same tone and everything today. And it still works, you know, I, and they do it effortlessly and going from Elm street 
to Camp Crystal Lake. And I think they did a really good job of that. And then you get the whole Freddy versus Jason in the dream sequence, which is really cool. Yep. You awesome. Know? And yeah, then like, one planes. of my favorite scenes is when Freddy's just uh, clipping off the like the oxygen tanks or whatever. And he's using them as like torpedoes against mm-hmm. Jason. Like that's just cool. And then yeah. at the end, when all those like metal rods fall on, it's, there's a lot of good, just gory, nasty stuff in there. Oh, yeah. And it's great. It really, it's it's what if I I just hope to God that like Godzilla versus King Kong is like that good. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, really, just this year has been rough, right? Well, obviously, it's with the pandemic and everything going on. But early in the year, we did get a movie called The Invisible Man. Um, oh wow! Now, I uh, I guess. I have a heart. Sometimes I don't know if it's exactly a horror film. Um, I guess it is. I call it a thriller. Right? That's, like, yeah, that seems accurate. I haven't seen the whole thing and I don't care about spoilers. I know all the details. I've listened to reviews so and stuff. I've, I, it's one of those things again with the kids and everything. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I watch every movie that I watch now. I watch in about 20 minute segments over the course of a several weeks. Um, and, uh, so that's one of them that I've been trying to sort of watch and I like it so far, but I would agree that it's very much a thriller. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And there's other, there's another movie that I want to talk about that I saw last year. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was last year. Um, uh, Midsummer. Did you guys see Midsummer? I did not. You didn't see it? No. All right. Uh, spoiler free. I'm not spoiler free, but talk spoilers. I don't care. I'll see it eventually. To me, that movie is much more creepy than horror. Like, it's it's about without getting the the full setup. It's pretty much these. They have the there's this bunch of college kids. They have this friend who's got um part of some group in where was it? It's like Sweden, I think. He's Sweden? he's from this village. Yes. And they have this, you know, midsummer festival every which yes. to an extent is true. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go and you're watching, you're like, oh, it's pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this scene that happens and you're just like, what the hell? Are yeah. Watching? Yeah. <laughs> so P, I don't want to ruin it for you because that's the scene where you're kind of like, holy shit, this movie just changed. Like, it's worth every, every, yeah. I'll have to check it out. I mean, I'd love to. Yeah. I'll probably buy it tonight and watch it. It's uh so have you okay, so have you all seen Hereditary? I have not. I have not. No, it's the same guy Ari Aster that made yes. that, and yeah. um, it's similar in tone, uh, except for it's like it's the opposite. Like Hereditary is like very like dark in like a very visual sense. Like a, there's a lot mm-hmm. of nighttime stuff. It's a lot tonally. It's a little bit dark. Um, even the daytime stuff, it just has this darker hue. Midsummer is the complete opposite. It's like. They even make mention of it during during the movie. It's like, how is it still daytime? Like, you know what I mean? It's so bright and beautiful. Yep. And it's shot so, I mean, it's vibrant, man. It is a beautiful movie to watch, which is what's what it that kind of gives it this weird tension of like when things start seeming weird, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as weird as it would seem if that ha- were to happen like at night or if it was filmed in this sort of darker tone. That's but it cool. all happens in this beautiful field during the day. And then that scene that you're talking about where things take a turn and you're like, yes. oh, my God, what is going on? Uh, it's it's even crazier because then it never really goes into that dark place that you're expecting it as far as your visual 
intake of the movie. The actions and stuff that start happening are, but your visual never is. And it's it throws you off. At least for me, it threw me off. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I think this is brilliant. Um, but it's Sounds definitely fun. a movie to uh, to take into account. And I was actually, um, I was going to juxtapose going about The Conjuring and like the hopefulness of like aspects of those movies with the Warrens to the Ari Aster movies, but I don't want to jump. I don't want to, you know, take over the conversation. So I'll, we can get there, but if somebody wants to make a comment about those, please. Okay. (laughs) I know that you go, Eric, you go. Well, no, well, like the whole thing with Midsummer, what Chris is saying is very true. You're in this, it's this beautiful place. And then all these terrible things start happening and you never get that feeling. Like, you know, in a lot of horror movies, it's when darkness comes and then, all the chaos happens, right? But this, it's not like that at all. And uh, again, it, the other scary part of it is this festival apparently is something that happens. This is obviously a very, yeah. uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, different version of that. Oh, <laughs> of well, that yeah, festival. yeah. But um, it does happen. And... Like you really, while you're watching it, you fall. I'm not going to say too much more, but you you realize, okay, I'm watching a cult. Like this is a cult now. Yeah. Which. And, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, what's it called? The the movie, the build up, everything that's building in the movie. All horror movies have have tension, obviously, in them, and that's there in this. Like that's there because once you get there, you realize, okay, something's off. Like something's weird. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what it is. And then, like I said, that scene happens. You're like, okay, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Okay, I I see it now. So, but yeah, this movie, um, again, I saw it on a whim because everyone was saying, oh, go see it. It's really good. And it was not what I was expecting at all. I don't know, Chris, if you had that feeling, but it was not what I was expecting at all. Well, okay. So both of you said no to Hereditary, right? Y'all hadn't seen that? So it's... Um, I wouldn't say I was expecting it, but after having seen Hereditary, I, I was kind of bracing myself for, for anything, if that makes sense. Um, it, I've only seen, I guess he only has the two movies, Ari Aster, and um, it's just one of those things. Like he sets his style and the way he's going to tell his story. You've, if you've seen the first movie. Uh-huh. it's not like well you've seen them all but it's it's like very much a um how that's the best way to say it like it's very much insight? like he has this way of telling a story uh even i'm not saying like it's stale or it's repetitive necessarily but like in in hereditary it like goes to this place um very early on and and he tells his story from the perspective of going through some kind of a trauma uh, and so if you, and, uh, Eric, you probably know what I'm talking about with the beginning mm-hmm. of midsummer, you have yes. a similar kind of traumatic, something traumatic happens in hereditary that sets the rest of the story in motion. Hereditary is, I like midsummer more. I think I would have to go back and watch them, but like hereditary is just more of like, by the end, you're just like, what the F is going on? Like. This is like, it, it's, I don't want to ruin anything. It's just different. It's just a different kind of story. Right. Uh, and it's just like, wow, um, this is crazy. Did not expect it to go here from where it started. Uh, and, and, and even 
more of an extreme way than I think Midsummer, but it might seem like that again because Hereditary is very dark and a lot of this stuff happens at night. And uh, uh, but yeah, the Midsummer thing, uh, they even talk about it in Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. He says uh, it's something; it's just the something for the May Queen. Well, that's what the Midsummer Festival is: mm-hmm. it's the crowning of the May Queen. Right. And so that's kind of what all that leads into. Again. I, there's, I think maybe he's trying to tell us something. I don't know. It's a cry for help. I don't know. But uh, at least in the movie, it's sort of a fictionalized like cult version of the crowning of the May Queen and what goes into it. So I, I wouldn't know, but I have to assume it doesn't involve the things that happen uh, in this movie. But who knows? Uh, it's interesting regardless, though. I find it interesting how you guys are talking about like horror movies being set in like nice settings, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of which is kind of unusual. I love horror movies set during Christmas time. So, and like the first two that come to mind are uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night from the eighties, oh, and geez. probably the movie that inspired everything uh, back in the seventies is Bob Clark's Black Christmas. I love Black Christmas. I mean, Margot Kidder, John Saxon. It's it's it, it's a it's such an interesting movie. And like I, I saw the reboot and I just I didn't like it. Like I, I wasn't into it. But like Bob Clark's Black Christmas is so awesome to me. Like it's it, you could see like the inspiration of Halloween and kind of like how it how it started everything. And, and it's they've a had two reboots now, haven't they? I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I they saw did. I didn't see the latest one. I saw the the, the mid two thousands one. I haven't seen the okay. latest one. So the one with Lacey Chabert from Mean Girls. I think yeah, she was like the. I think it came out with like the last two years. Uh, the, I saw the one that I think you're talking about within like the early 2000s or something. I, yeah, I, that's not good. Sadly, it, never seen the original. Oh, you'll really to, dig I it. I need to get that. Oh, you'll dig it. It's it's so it's so good, and it, it builds up on that tension. And again, you know, it's same premise as like Billy's in the house, and like the the reboot, like the first reboot, kind of devils into his uh his backstory way more. But like, it's all about like, oh, the killer's in the house. He's in the house, and like. Oh, uh, what was that? They, they there was another movie that did something similar. Like the phone call comes from in the house. I'm blanking on it. Um, one missed call, I think. Yeah, that- one missed yeah. call. I I dug that. It was there was a recent. Uh, I think there might have been. You know, it was like typical. Like they made this horror movie back in like the 70s and 80s, and yeah. they rebooted like the mid 2000s. Yeah. So for sure. and then uh, so I, I always dig those like. <laughs> or even uh, Krampus. Like I like I Krampus. Krampus. I was just about to ask you about. Do you yeah. have no love for Krampus? <laughs> I do like Krampus. It's just funny because like Christmas is such a, a supposed to be such a joyous time and about family, and then to see like people just get slaughtered around the Christmas tree. It's I, I know it's sick and twisted, but I I really uh-huh. I really get a kick out of it. <laughs> Which Krampus are you talking? Like, is it the the latest there's, one? Uh, came like, out. Oh. They made a couple at the same time. It was that kind of like here's the Krampus starring. Somebody that you know, and then there's like the B movie version that like goes That's, straight to Netflix or Amazon or whatever. I, I watched one from 2015, like the, like the Purge in the first one. You have Ethan Hawke and Vera Farmiga, and then yeah. That's it. Yeah. The, it's, uh, the one with Adam Scott. That, Adam yeah. Scott's in Okay, it. that's the one that I saw. Yeah, that was fun. I dug that. I thought that was fun. It was. Know? Yeah. I was, and it's just like anytime you can kind of do something twisted with Santa Claus, like, I kind of get into it. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, it's it's that it's been interpreted so many times because it's like this old, uh, I don't it's, know. It's, a, it's an Austrian, tale. yeah. It's an Austrian Bavarian folk tale. Yeah, so it's definitely um, been it's definitely been interpreted numerous times. But like, of course, I love me being things. German. Are my sick German peoples with their <laughs> stories to scare children? Because <laughs> like when you set it around like Halloween, it just kind of feels like okay, I get it, you know. But like, I love something like Trick or Treat, you know. But that, that's yeah. obviously like a modern classic. But like, like I said, when you set it around Christmas time, it, it it's there's like that. It just it upsets the status quo, and it's it's kind of cool for me. 
Yeah. All right, so I want to talk about now, I want to talk about the uh, the mid to late 90s, which, of course, Scream, um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. uh, those types of films that, uh, what's it called? I, in the beginning, when I first saw Scream, I always thought they were just trying to build off the popularity of some of the people in it. Like, it was just kind of a movie that... You know, this was just something that he put together and he's like, oh, I have these actors in it that people know from teen shows, obviously. Yeah. You know, Campbell on Party of Five. And, you know, you had people that you pulled in there. Drew Barrymore. Uh, yeah. Yep. Drew Barrymore. And then, um, well, I got to tell you, when I first saw it, I liked the film, but I never thought it would become the phenomenon that it became. Right. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys, I mean, obviously, I, like I said, I'm older. I got to see it as a, as a teenager. As, actually, I think I was in college or just graduated. I forget. But I got to see it, obviously, as an adult. So w- when you guys first saw Scream, what did you think? Chris, you go first. Um, I think by the time I saw Scream, it was one of those things where, God, what year did that come out? I don't... 96. Yes. Okay. So I probably didn't see it until several years later, but, um, it's one of those things I kind of knew what the premise was, but I didn't appreciate it until later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, Oh, they're referencing all these horror movies, but it's a slasher movie. I I don't think I got how brilliant it was Mm -hmm. until later in life. And oddly enough, I saw it around the same time that I first saw Wes Craven's new nightmare, which was when they came back to do the Freddy movie, which was like a very meta thing. It's like the actors from the movie are now being mm-hmm. haunted by Freddie. Mm-hmm. And like, while they're writing this, he's like writing this movie. And it's just like, I, I think that movie is, uh, I think brilliant in concept. I think that's kind of the precursor for scream of well, like, this is the execution that I wanted to have with new nightmare. Now, new nightmare is, I, I think it's great, but it's one of those things where it's like, obviously the acting is not great. Obviously yeah. certain things are not great, but like, I do think it's a brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Scream is just kind of the execution of that idea and the sort of expansion of that and making it a bigger thing. Um, making it like where it's, it's horror movies that are now invading your life because they're basing the, everything off that. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is brilliant. Um, and I don't know why I didn't get it before. I was just, I was more worried about like the kills and is this going to be scary and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just, I think it's great, man. I, I think that that's a great idea. And, you know, people can say what they want about the sequels or the, you know, the Creed being the soundtrack of it all. It's fine. It's, um, it's just like one of those things that I, it, it's all building this kind of its own sort of world that is branched out now to TV and we're getting more sequels and stuff. It's just something that keeps going. And so, I'm always down for that. I think it's cool to expand on it. And again, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I, I, Eric, like I had a, I had a similar um, issue like you did. Like I have older cousins, probably probably around the same age as your sisters. And uh, you know, they, they snuck me out in 95 to see Batman forever. When my brother went to sleep, Um, they, they, you know, I watched my first rated R movie with speed. They want maybe they brought, they rented it and I watched speed with them. Uh, so like they've, they've always kind of broken the rules and brought me with them when they do things. And uh, so when they first introduced me to scream, I was, I was 10 years old, you know, like I was a young kid. And so like, I'm sitting there watching it and like, I'm not getting all the references until later uh-huh. in life when I watch all the movies and everything. Like, you know, <laughs> like when Randy's explaining everything, I'm like, Oh, like it took me like four, four, four or five years. Like, okay, I get this now. Like, I understand like, I'll be back, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, 
I get it, but it's it's like Chris, you said, it, it created its own mythology. And because it, it could possibly happen, it's not supernatural. You know, there's not some crazy stalker, you know, just randomly popping up places. It's methodical. There's a lot of thought into it. But the, so it's, it seems like it's it's a realistic thing and it could happen, you know, like these two guys technically could plan something out like that. And, you know, and then you grow up and you go to high school and then you're like, OK, and you're just like, all right, so that's kind of like that guy's Stu. OK, <laughs> that guy's Billy. They're weirdos. You get it. But like how it spawned <laughs> off all these movies and how the movies are so interconnected and it ends up like the whole thing ends up being like her half brother who was left by her mother in Hollywood. And it, it ends up becoming such a personal story. Yeah. And then t- seeing what MTV does with that mythology, but twisting it on their own, even changing the mask a little bit. And don't be wrong, it's MTV, so it's not like amazing television, but it's it's still very respectful to what Scream is. And I appreciate that. And I actually didn't, I liked it. I I was into the the Scream MTV show because like, you know, I I didn't think we were going to get a Scream 5. I never thought we'd get a Scream 5. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, you're like, oh, well, this is cool. This is new. I still haven't seen season three, but I dug the first two seasons of MTV Scream. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I, I saw the first season and I liked it. I, yeah. I was very surprised. It was not expecting much, and that might be why I was like, okay, fine. But like, I, I thought it was good, man. It's it fine. There, there have been way worse adaptations of horror. Than, oh God, than that yeah. show, you know? Like, oh yeah. It's just weird to me too that the guy who wrote it um, also wrote Dawson's Creek. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's a lot of that. Like, you, I mean, I know. You know, that whole like just tight knit grouped element, you know, like in yeah. suburbia, you could tell like that's where he excels. And he took basically, I feel like he took kind of, kind of took his Dawson's Creek and put it on like steroids and crack. And he came up with scream and I'll always be thankful for you hit me with the phone, Dick. Like <laughs> it's such a quotable line that yeah. whenever somebody hits you with something, you could say, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like it's weird that you have, like you said, you have these characters, Billy and Stu, right, who became household names as horror, like, you know, like villains, horror villains. Yeah. Uh, just two regular names, Billy and Stu. They don't have names, you know, like Freddy Krueger. They don't have names like, you know, you know Michael Myers. It's weird to twist the name Loomis because Loomis, you know, is traditionally the doctor in Halloween and he's a hero and yeah. he's always the guy you root for. And then Billy Loomis is just this psycho kid and you don't want to root for Billy. You know, right. well, you, well, you don't really get a chance. You, you find out Billy's whacked out in like the last like 45 minutes, but right. that whole buildup is great. And there's some really great kills in Scream. You know, I, I really dig a lot of the kills. Yeah, it's I mean, it's one of those movies that got me back to watching horror movies again because I had stopped for a while. Mm-hmm. But then when Scream came out, I was like, oh, OK, you know, and this and I liked it. And then I liked um the first. I know what you did last summer. I thought that was a good film. I did so not like I, the second one. Oh, no. man, that one's bad with Jack Black. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw the second one. Was oh, it? I Joe still Potter. know what you did last summer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never saw that one. Brandy Jack Black is it. like this Jamaican guy with dreadlocks, selling yeah. weed. Just, I was like, I was like, man, you, you uh, good for you for getting your foot in the door in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> that's was the first thing I saw him in. Yeah, so that was, but that like that era for me, um, is where I really started. Again, I started watching horror again, and 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 then went back to watch all the old monster flicks and. You know, obviously, uh, it's crazy how I watch those now. And, uh, I we've come so far in uh, what we could do with with film, but those movies, man, are still so awesome. Yeah, but uh, and going back to like the original Friday Thirteenth, like that could be that could really happen. Like a mother could lose her child like that. Oh, He's sure. in a lake, and she can go nuts, and she's going to prevent the camp from opening. And like it's when when they make it relatable is probably when it's at when it when it's at its best. And you know, like I'm someone who loves. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I can't say I don't like supernatural elements and ghost stories. Oh, yeah, man. but 
you know, when you can make it kind of like a real life scenario and that makes you, th- you know, then you're processing things and you're thinking things differently. I think that's really what it strikes home and hits a nerve. Yeah. I told, yeah, I told people before when we were talking about the show, I said, if we, if we just met on Elm Street, we could do our own show, like <laughs> a show just on those films, because those are the, I love Freddy Krueger. That's why he's my favorite, I guess. I don't know what you call him. Slasher. Or slasher. Yeah. Slasher. Yeah. He's my favorite of all the slashers. Uh, and it's all partly because he has a personality, right? Like, you know, they gave him a personality after the first. Well, he kind of had one the first one, but like with the third one, he really started to have more of a a personality. Yeah. Uh, so. Was that was that Dream Warriors? Yes. Okay. Third one was Dream Warriors. Yes. That's the cool one too, where they all have powers in their dreams, and one's like super that's strong. Right. And, yeah. You know, like that's the and that was the first one I remember watching. I watched the other, the first. That's the first one I actually watched. And then I went back and I watched the first two. I love the first one. Obviously, it's a classic. But the second one, I don't love it that much. Um, the second one's weird, man. It it, it it's really weird. <laughs> it kind of made like a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the second one. Uh, exactly right. That's the one you don't. It's the. Yeah. I know. I've it, seen it. I just don't remember it. It's like, the one that's kind of out of the continuity. It's not totally in the continuity with the other films, with Nancy obviously being the underlying. Yeah. And well, the kid moves in, his family moves into Nancy's house and finds something, and then it it starts, and he has like an hour already. If he did all 50, it would probably be in here in another two. So we don't have lines, and we want to get on with them. Or since it's late recording, we probably want to sleep. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'll just read the top five, and I'll start with number one. Or do you guys want me to start with five? What do you want me to do? Uh, do go you... from five to one. All right, I'll go from five to one. So, at number five is a movie we've discussed a little bit already. Is John Carpenter's Halloween, the original Halloween? So, that was fifth. Uh, do you guys want to add anything to what you've already said about it? Because we've discussed it pretty extensively not really i mean just like if you haven't seen it what's wrong with you i mean <laughs> right it's halloween for crying out loud it's it's the name of the it's the, the holiday itself so uh yes. no it's just just probably the granddaddy of them all really yeah. soundtrack we didn't really talk about the soundtrack but it's one of the greatest soundtracks of all time so yeah i'll add that to it yeah i mean it's got an iconic theme yep it's one of the most well-known themes in the world actually oh yeah um, so yes, I agree with everything these guys have said about the film. It's it's if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Watch it on Halloween. There, make it a goal. <laughs> watch go. Halloween on Halloween. So coming in at number four was another John Carpenter movie, The Thing. Ooh, yes. Ooh, yeah. So first of all, have you guys seen it? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my God. All right. So go ahead, talk about it. I'm. Just, it's it's such a great movie because it's it's about the mind and where the mind can take you isolated you know cut off from the world uh, you know just desperate trying to survive you know it's it's just a fantastic movie. i mean russell uh, uh kurt russell absolutely amazing in the movie i was about to say russell crow well, <laughs> but um yeah no i love it and i didn't mind the the sequel prequel uh mm-hmm. movie they did in 2011 i thought that was very creative and how it leaded up into how it led up into the introduction of the first movie but uh I yeah agree. no it's i i love them both but uh carpenter's movie is absolutely fantastic and it's a it's a must watch every season it is talk about like again tension and mm-hmm. mystery i see and like i guess for some reason in my mind i look at it as a like as a sci-fi movie but it is very i mean it's it it's a horror movie and uh it's gross 
And it's it is scary, man. And it's this idea of like and you don't get resolution at the end of like, well, who who is who they say they are? You know what I mean? It's just one of those things of like this imposter. And it's like you never really know. And that's the unnerving thing about it is just so like, Mm -hmm. oh, but is it the end? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of the best body horror you'll ever see. Oh yeah, I mean, when when they try Terrifying. to give the guy, uh, when they try to jump start, jump start that guy's heart and his chest like turns into like teeth and yeah. cuts off the other guy at the forearms, you're like, oh my god, yep. that's absolutely disgustingly awesome. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's effing terrifying, and the head stretching yeah. off the body and crawling around with spider and what legs. They did with the dog. Oh man. Oh man. Like that, I mean, and I love American Werewolf in in uh london london yeah. uh paris not so much uh I, for nostalgic <laughs> reasons yes but Tom like Everett scott doesn't do it for you huh <laughs> not in that, that movie. thing you do maybe but american <laughs> werewolf in but paris like, not so oh, much man whenever you do something with like dogs and animals people are always like oh no you know so mm-hmm. they did that uh so well in the thing yeah that's i can't believe that uh that didn't come up that that's that's a regular for me but again in my mind for some reason it's always like sci-fi but yeah anyway sorry go ahead yeah, like a lot of a lot of horror films that like, straddle the fence on right. certain things. Like, that's why I say like right. That's why I say like the Invisible Man too. Like it to me Jaws. straddles the fence. So, but yeah. So like the thing number I co-signed everything you guys said. That movie was wow. Yeah. So and three is the movie we just discussed. And I thought this was high. It's Scream. They have Scream as the third movie here. Uh, so yeah, I think I actually think this one it's kind of high for for me when you think about the whole the history of the entire genre but again like i said previously this is the movie that brought me back into watching horror so i guess yeah. you know if it could pull me back in and say okay i'm gonna now i'm gonna start watching these movies again or go start going again because i believe in the genre again i guess maybe that's why it's high because i think it probably did that for a lot of people yeah um, i mean just tongue-in-cheek just re- jump starting the genre again like uh, I think it's there appropriately just because of what it was able to do and just referencing everything in the past. So it, you know, it pays homage and it just moves forward. So I get it. Yeah. I, I dig it. Yeah. Made a ton of money too. Oh, Made a ton of money. So the number two film is another one that crosses the sci-fi um, realm and it's alien. Yeah. They have Ridley Scott's alien listed here. Now, um, there's always the. I'll just gonna bring this up really quick. There's always the conversation is which one do you like better, Alien or Aliens, uh, the sequel. Um, but really quickly, what do you guys think of Alien being second? Chris, you go. I I don't have. I, I know it's blasphemy, but like I don't have a lot of nostalgic or otherwise experience with this franchise. Uh, I've seen most of them outside of the one with Ron Perlman and Winona Ryder. I, oh, which, which, which one was that? Alien Resurrection, I think. Right? Resurrection, yeah. yeah, another Resurrection in these. Uh, in that's these that's, that's your first time uh, in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, I, and obviously, like I mean, uh, the uh, Alien and Aliens are, are great. It's just something that I never really jumped on board with and i got honestly really interested in this whole mythology when prometheus came out because i was like okay yeah they're like tying into that and i maybe i'm one of the few but i love prometheus to death mm-hmm. like i, I love that movie love the experience all in theater it's like this is brilliant sci-fi yes. Yes. and it's like it can tie into this series or it cannot i don't care it's a great movie it's it's tense it's got it's got your violence and everything else you know your wonder about where does everything start from? It digs into a lot of different territories and does it in a great way. 
Um, the next movie, not so much. Uh, was it Covenant? Alien Covenant? It just, mm, I, I didn't think it was terrible. It had the, it had some like good payoff violence and gore that you expect, but story-wise, I was like, I don't yeah, know about you. this. Uh, so Prometheus is my high point for this series, just based on my experience. And a lot of people are probably like, well, you deserve to die. And uh, <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that, but that's just, you know, I didn't grow up watching alien and aliens and probably cause I wasn't allowed to, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I love alien. Um, I mean, just kind of like a lot of the similar, similar thoughts I have with the thing, just like isolation. You're in the middle of nowhere. Literally you're in space. You yeah. can't escape, and this thing's hunting you down. And it's I I appreciate Alien a little bit more than Aliens, just because you know it's the first. So like technically, you don't know what what it is. Like Aliens is a sequel, so you get an idea. You know mm-hmm. what the alien is. You know what they're capable of. You know what they're doing. But like the whole mystery of these people don't really know what's going on. Meanwhile, like in in Aliens, you know Paul Paul, uh, Paul Reiser, he has an idea of what he's up against. He's not telling everybody, but him mm-hmm. and already know what's really going on. So, but like Aliens just. It's just that monster and just how it it literally just picking apart people and they think they're safe, but they're not because like they don't suspect like this gigantic creature to just mutate over the the span of hours into this, you know, man hungry thing. But um, I mean, I still get terrified watching Alien. Yeah, like I agree with you. Uh, The cast is incredible uh, in this film. That's got a lot of well-known actors, especially actors from that specific time. Um, the late seventies, uh, Tom Skerritt, Harry Dean Stanton. I mean, John Hurt. Just a really, really good mix of actors, and yeah, I mean, it's also to that point. At least I can't think of many, but to that point, space was kind of seen like, oh, this fun place. Let's go there. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, unless you have like Darth Vader, but I'm like, obviously, Star Wars is completely fictional. Uh, this is too, but this would something weird happening like this. I would think would be more realistic <laughs> so i agree with that right ryan reynolds uh jake joan life that it, it that's kind of a good sci-fi horror like thing it, you know it's it, in vain of like the whole uh, alien thing just this this organism thing that's able to you know right. a lot and i really dug it i thought that movie was really cool so i know we didn't mention it earlier but i, I haven't seen that i'll have to watch that yeah no yeah. check it out oh probably one of probably one of the best endings of all time, I think like I would put it up there with Planet of the Apes. Like it's it, dude. I, I didn't see it coming. Okay. Well, okay. I'm writing it down right now. You said it's yeah. Ryan Reynolds, right? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is kind of like the Drew Barrymore. He's in it for, for a little bit, like a hot minute. And, but he's like mm-hmm. one of the first guys to go and you're like, ah, oh, damn it. I kind of wanted Ryan to make it through on this one, but no, I, I was really <laughs> into it. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look at that one too. Check that out. And the number one, does anyone want to guess? I'm uh, looking at it, so just go. <laughs> I'm not looking at it, but can I guess? Is it Jaws? It is not. Oh, no. wow. Okay. No. Wow. No. Um, I need a director, but you'll probably get it if I give the director. <laughs> uh, Kubrick. The Shining? Yes, The Shining. Shining okay. is number one. Uh, I mean, it's one of the scariest movies for me. <laughs> yeah. So... Right, so I mean that's what you want a horror movie to do, and for me, obviously, it's got tremendous performances by Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. They are both great. Uh, but this movie, I have no problem with it being number one. Um, Jaws, I. It's funny you brought up Jaws because when I was before I even got down here, I was thinking Jaws would be first. Um, yeah, but no, this this definitely deserves 
uh, the top spot for me. So you guys go ahead. I've never read the book, but I have seen the shining in theaters about three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Adam events did a, a rerun of the shining and I was able to see it on a big screen and it was absolutely fantastic. But I remember when I was able to talk to Michael Uslan about um, Batman on films, 20th anniversary, he mentioned, we were talking about Batman 89 and how he thought Nicholson would be perfect because he, he takes this picture of Nicholson from the shining, you know, him with the face of the door, paints mm-hmm. him with, red, color, with a marker uh, <laughs> colors his face white and gives him green hair and he's like this is the joker to me like i this is what i this is what we should do and what, what we have to do to get you know to to bring batman to the big screen but it's just, is that the inspiration i'm sorry to interrupt yeah. is that the inspiration for yeah like you that's that's what useland told me he was like that that's the inspiration that's what really sold everybody on the movie to, especially to get nichols you know somebody like nicholson on the movie on board yeah right and like wow. solidifies that's that crazy. that's awesome it's, it's that picture of him and you just you just color it in appropriately and like that's the joker but um i mean it's like what 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 can you not say this movie is absolutely frightening and like we said about alien and like what i said about the thing you know being trapped in this hotel there's nobody around you you know like <laughs> you're just bound to go stir crazy and then you throw in all the supernatural elements involved in it it's it's nuts and then the ending with him on the picture from like the 50s I didn't see that coming the first time I saw it. Like, you know, I'm like, wait, what? No. Wait, that was him? And it's just, and then like, I still have to catch up on Dr. Sleep, but I love The Shining. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And then that old woman, that woman in the bathtub. Oh God. Like it's, yeah, it's just so creepy and eerie and it's, it's so perfect. It's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, actually, I'm glad you said about uh, Dr. Sleep. Cause I was going to ask if you guys had seen that. Uh, no, I have to watch it. I haven't. No, it's, I have two to watch and it. Hours. I got to fit it in at some point, you know? I, uh, I, the version that I watched was like the director's cut that they kind of, I guess they, it's from what I've gathered, he was able to go back sort of after the fact and like either reshoot or refinish some scenes mm-hmm. after the movie had already come out for this director's cut. There's like a big thank you note from, um, God, his name is slipping my mind, the director, um, did like uh, haunting of hill house and the bly manor that's coming out uh, anyway um he, he has this thank you note to like warner brothers for in like hey like you guys believe in this project and even after it came out like you guys let me either shoot extra footage or finish mm-hmm. leftover footage i can't remember exactly what the details were but that's what made up the director's cut so that's the version that i saw and it's 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 pretty crazy man it, it i think it's i liked it a lot um it's not like something I'm going to be like, this is the greatest movie of all time, but for what it is and what it represents and how it balances the line between the book and the movie, the first movie, the shining, uh-huh. I think it does a really good job of that, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Uh, it's just, it's worth watching that director's cut. At least that's the one that I saw. Okay. I'll have to uh, check that out. The shining uh, is something that uh, I didn't see as a child, but I saw scenes of, and here's Johnny was one of those scenes right. uh, among others that just in the twins, uh, you know, come play with us when he's mm-hmm. like, in the just scenes like without the movie, without context are just chilling to the bone, especially for a child. Uh, yeah, that one has stuck with me. Uh, even when he's like frozen at the end in the maze, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's terrifying. And like, one thing it, it's terrifying, but what's even more for this movie, um, is is the rabbit hole that you can go down surrounding the movie. Uh, the differences from the book to the movie, of course, but like also there's all these crazy conspiracy theories about Kubrick and the moon landing and all these 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's all this this crazy stuff that's just so interesting, real or not, whatever. It's right. just it's fun to go down the rabbit hole of like, well, he did change this thing, and it does correspond with this conspiracy theory over here about him being asked to fake the moon landing. And it's just beyond the movie, it's just that's funny. Wonderful to digest all the information that surrounds it. It's like not just a movie, it's an experience now because there's documentaries about these conspiracies. And it's just mm-hmm. It's so much more than a movie and a book at this point. It is like this legacy, you know, it's awesome. So uh, The Shining, I think, is well-deserved being at number one. And I wasn't knocking Jaws earlier either, just for anybody listening. I just, that's usually the first on every list. <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, it's a fantastic movie. But um, uh, yeah, The Shining has, God, there's so much to go into about that. So uh, yeah, I, it's, it's brilliant, man. Jaws came in at number eight, by the way, in case you're wondering. So uh, Jaws is it was the number eight. what? Eight. It's Eight. so okay. good. Right. I love Jaws. Oh, Jaws and Godfather might be like the only two like perfect movies ever made. Jaws is Jaws, you know? incredible. Yeah. It is. So good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, living on Long Island. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On I an mean, island where you could, you know, you go to the beach a lot in the summer and yeah. especially as a kid because one of the, my, I'm part of a big family. It's one of the things your, you know, your mom would be like, hey, let's just go to the beach, spend the day there. So she didn't have to not cooped up in the house. Oh yeah. But after you see Jaws and you go to the beach, you're kind of like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to go in the water. <laughs> so I, I you still won't go where I can't touch in the ocean. If I, my feet aren't on the ground, I no, I still, I'm serious. I won't. <laughs> like that movie messed me up. <laughs> Eric, when you mentioned Long Island, I was thinking Amityville Horror. Like that's from my mind. Like, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the original. That is very good too. Um, I didn't mind the remake. As, uh, it was okay. That's a whole other episode, I feel like, because yeah. there's been so many things we mentioned. I'm like, actually, the remake of that one's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're few and far between, but, but there yeah. are those ones that are like, actually, that's pretty good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to the house. Everyone usually asks people to go to Long Island if you've been to the Amityville Horror House. Yes, I've been to the house. Nice. So uh, just outside or have you been inside? No, just outside. I'm not, I will not go inside. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, not going to do that. Well, it's funny because like I would love to go. You could like tour the Warren's house and mm-hmm. see the artifacts. Yeah, and, like you know, I, I want to, but my mom's like, "If you're not allowed in my house, if you go there, I mean, it's if you go God. anywhere near that Annabelle doll." Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, you can't blame people because it's like, you know, whether all of it is like fictional. Or, or there's some truth to all of it. It's like, regardless, there's still like so much negative and like fear-based mm-hmm. energy surrounding these things yeah. that it's like, regardless, true or false, there's so much energy uh, attached to that, you know, property or that thing or whatever that like, right. yeah, you might be bringing some kind of negative. And I don't mean like necessarily demons or spirits, but I just mean getting in a dark place, going to see these things, getting in that mood and then like bringing it back out with you. Cause some people are really sensitive to that kind of like attitude and that's, you know, energy and stuff that like, they're like, Oh, where, where did, where did you just come from? That kind of, I've had it happen before to me. And it's just like, I, I did go exploring haunted places in my hometown. I, how did you, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's weird, man. People can sense that stuff. Sometimes it's weird. Yeah. I, uh, again, I've been there. You can, it's looks like a house, but yeah. when you get cl- like the closer you get to it, I get that feeling. Like the, yeah. I started walking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, I I'm not doing this. And they but, have changed the windows, right? Those the windows are gone. Like the yeah, they've changed. Trying- it's weird. Um, there was a time where they because people lived in it. Obviously, I mean, they it's couldn't the house. sell it because of the windows. 
<laughs> but then but then they were like, oh, it's going to fall into disrepair and stuff like that. But they actually made it a point not to get rid of it. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's a national landmark or anything, but it's kind of like one of those things that people keep it up and whoever has it and, you know, so that people can come see it. So That's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we, again, like I said before, we could probably talk about this stuff for three hours because oh, yeah. the genre is huge and there's so many movies that we didn't even touch on. Uh, but maybe we'll do a, a follow-up show and we'll have you back, Chris, and we can... I, I'm way down. You you tell me the day and I'll, I'll I'll write it down. We'll do it. And we can turn the page and get into more, other more uh, scary movies that we all love. We can actually maybe even go through our own lists, maybe a top five of our own. Oh, yeah. Maybe something like that. Sounds like a letterbox show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, again, thanks for hopping on. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's awesome. Definitely. Thank you very much. No problem. This was a lot of fun. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, well, I am part of the uh, Squadcast Media podcast family. So I do a DC uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Got a little phlegm there. Uh, the DC Comic Squadcast and uh, newly integrated into the network is the uh, Horror Comics podcast, which as of right now, I've been going through the process of like adding the uh, backlog of episodes to the library – and the feed redirect thing is something that has perplexed me, but I think I've got it figured out now. But anyway, it's part of this, part of the network, and I'm going to be doing new episodes for that as soon as I can get that straightened out. But uh, yeah, so Horror Comics Podcast is the one where I'm – it's not just horror comics, but it's mainly that. Uh, and yeah, so if anybody wants to get in touch or connect or whatever, I'm on Twitter uh, at Horror Comics Pod and at uh, DC Squadcast. And, you know, check it out. See what you think. All right, sir. So, Pete, you're up. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of what you and Jordan do. You guys do a great show. And uh, I like you, your horror comics pod. Uh, I was listening to it not too long ago. And uh, when you started doing – you did like a fan email thing and they were telling you about their personal experiences. I thought you did a oh, great yeah. job. It was cool, especially since you mentioned Weird NJ and I'm an NJ resident. So I yep. appreciated the little plug there. But um, yeah, follow me on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. Uh, please follow our uh, show accounts on Twitter and Instagram at Straight O at straight underscore O underscore G um, to keep up to date with me and Eric. Uh, follow the Straight Out of Gotham Facebook page and the Facebook group. We're always posting stuff there. And uh, keep an eye on our YouTube channel for the next episode, live stream of uh, the Iceberg Lounge or SOG tonight. And, uh, you know, just be cool to interact and talk to you guys and just shoot shoot stuff. And uh, don't forget to enter our monthly contest for our uh, signed All-Star Batman number one by Scott Snyder. Uh, just rate and review our show, and if we read it on air, even if you want to, you know, burn us, just make it a good burn. Make it worth my make it worth my time, and if it's worthy, I'll send you the book. No, no problem, no questions asked. Wow, Pete, you left me with nothing tonight. Normally, you you leave me with something, but you covered it all. Good job. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> cooking with. I just figured. I just went with it. I started rolling. Sometimes <laughs> you just can't shut me up. No, no. Hey, I, I was listening. I'm like, all right, he's doing the whole shebang. Good, man. That's less for me to have to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you guys honestly, um, if you guys want to hit me up directly, it's at finally33 on Twitter and on Instagram. As Pete said, you our Facebook pages are there. We have the Straight Out of Gotham Facebook um, show page and the group page. The group is by invite. So if you guys are not already part of the group, you want to go to the group, just send us a request to invite, answer a couple of questions, and uh, we'll let you in. So I believe that's it, guys. So for Peter Vera and Chris Rimmer, I am Eric Holzman. This is Straight of the Gotham. 
See you next time. Booyah. Later.